Welcome to Histometer, the podcast brought to you by the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History. Uh, my name is Bethany Cuthbertson, and I am uh, part of the education staff here at the Fort Worth Museum. Today, we have with us Lee Ann Naylor, who is the director of our history collection, and we also have Ms. LaShawn Spotted Bear, who is the director of our science collection. Is it science or natural science? Science. Just science. Science collection. So excited because we've been talking about bringing LaShawn and yeah. I know she's already recorded a podcast and mm-hmm. just being able to have her here. I was like, oh, we're gunning for her. And now she's here <laughs> and we're here together. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And we're, Bethany's awesome. So we're very free flow here. We love a good conversation. We're we not, do. We're not very prescriptive here. Like, not very prescription based. Anyways, no, so do you guys want to introduce yourselves a little bit and kind of say what you do at the museum before we get started on our topic today sure yeah you want who wants to go first sean you want to go first okay sure <laughs> i'm LaShawn spotted bear as bethany said i'm the director of the science collection so i oversee the preserved animals and also our live animal collections here on site you do way more than that miss spotted bear you're also trying heavily, to make it sound formal. okay well, <laughs> we're a little bit more casual but i mean <laughs> LaShawn well, has, has worked here for a, a while and she's a wealth of knowledge. And I don't even want to know how many children you have oh, yeah. taught over the years. We didn't talk about that. With museum in, in school. The, I mean, I can only imagine. We didn't talk I mean, about that in the, in the episode where we were talking yeah. about LaShawn and her time here at the museum. You've seen a lot of children in this time. I have. Yeah. yeah. At least it's 96. That was my Amazing. main uh, job is to work with museum school. And that I continue so that today. Cool. Oh, yeah. So she's extra thousands. special. Oh, it's got to be. Tens of thousands. Oh, it's got to be. a lot of kids. And they all, love, they all love, especially museum school, they all, they all love Miss, Miss. I hear that too. Well, thank you. It's fun. I love that job. Okay, well, I'm, yeah, I'm Leanne <laughs> Naylor. I'm the director of the History Collection and Archive here at the museum. So I'm LaShawn's counterpart. And, you know, I've been on a few podcasts and just talking about, again, just like LaShawn, just preserving the museum's holdings and perpetuity for our community. Mm-hmm. Just like LaShawn, you know, we take, we take our job very serious. We love this museum and just constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Our collection never ceases to surprise me, just whether it. my staff, they come across <laughs> something. It, I can tell you stories if you're like, well, I didn't know that was there. They can listen Glad to previous podcasts where we talked about yes. developing and putting up the exhibits and they'll just find stories. We, I mean, Bethany and I'm sure LaShawn, we almost get anecdotal because of some of I the things it. that we come across <laughs> and you're like, my goodness, it, again, it never, it never surprises me. So, but I'm glad to be back here again today and we're talking about dinosaurs and we've been wanting Yay. to do this podcast and hopefully kind of shed some light and we'll even do a throwback on some memories of this museum and dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I love dinosaurs. I'm no, I'm no professional, I'm no like a professional dinosaur paleontologist. In any yeah, me form. neither. Um, but I do love dinosaurs and mm-hmm. that love kind of came out like I, I was telling you guys about that. Like, I don't remember, I don't have like a, a core, I have one core memory of dinosaurs and museums and, and doing something dinosaur based, but I didn't really get into dinosaurs until I had to teach kids about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, Kind of where that comes from now and now i have two kids that i can talk about dinosaurs with all day my youngest loves dinosaurs so. 
I'm really excited about this. That's a story in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Just you had to, you know, you got into museum studies and museum work and then reestablished and you fell in love with Mm -hmm. it. Found dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amongst other things. But (laughs) I remember when I would come to the museum when I was little and I would see the fighting dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. So they're still on display now. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of a nice memory. What I think is so interesting, I think, about this museum, too, um, is that we have a lot of our dinosaurs in our collection are very much based on what we found in this area. Mm -hmm. And so, like, previous museums I've been to or museums I've been to in the past, they while they focus on some of the things that they found, they've also focused on just dinosaurs in general um, and time periods. But I think it's really cool that we focus on things that were found in Texas or Tarrant County and that were very localized in that. Um, Because I don't think some, I mean, other than children probably now who are like super into it, I don't know that people realize how many we found and we're one of the few states with a state dinosaur. Yeah, we are. Um, And so that's, that's interesting. It's very interesting to me. I always find that fascinating. But we are talking about the Lone Star dinosaur today um, and our dinosaur collection in general. But um, I think that we're really excited about this. Can you guys explain you our listeners what exactly lone star dinosaur is well it just i had actually been culling through the archives and i remember going to this exhibit but it's changed a bit and i'm sure Lashawn can comment on it but just really looking at you're you're going to come across a lot of things like what bethany just said of dinosaurs found in your backyard like mm-hmm. legitimately on people's private property just hanging out in a dried up riverbed Somewhere, you know, whether it's Parker County or Tarrant County or Hill County or just Somerville County. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got Dinosaur Valley, you know, Dinosaur Valley State Park right Mm -hmm. down the road. Forgive me, it's not a national park. Got ahead of myself. But really (laughs) just, again, Lone Star Dinosaurs really kind of speaks for itself. It's about a certain time period. We're talking about, what, 111, Mm -hmm. 119 million years ago. I'm I'm saying this as I'm looking at Sean. Yeah. I'm like, can you're right. Yeah. Verify, verify. Cretaceous <laughs> period. And, you know, our collection supports it. And I'm going to hand it off to LaShawn. But, yeah, so really just going through our archives and looking at this exhibit and just how it's focusing on the scientific process, the excavation process, and having students and, well, visitors just figure out, you know, well, just understanding the science the scientific process overall from the excavating to mm-hmm. the lab work and going through that and then identifying. And then you actually are able to see articulated skeletons or parts of mm-hmm. them or casts here at our museum. And that so much of what we have is, is local. And I always thought personally that that made us extra special. Yeah. Well, and so many of them are big dinosaurs that while we may not know the names of them, we have we can identify them with being related to other dinosaurs that we have seen in either movies or um, read about in books. And so, like, it's what's that? What interests me so much is that like they look so familiar to things that I saw in like Land Before Time. Sure, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like Close. growing up and watching and watching mm-hmm. movies like that and that kind of thing. Um, but like, it's something that we can we can identify. Oh, well, while. And actually, most kids know the name of all these dinosaurs. We're going to write yeah, them better than we do. Gonna, yep. um, but like, you wouldn't have to and be like, "Well, I can recognize that as a dinosaur." But to imagine something that massive living mm-hmm. in Texas, um, where we really don't have very many big predatory animals. I think we we have coyotes and and a few 
mountain lions. Yeah, mountain lions. Best I think that's the biggest one we have currently is mountain lions. Okay. But but like that I, the idea of something that massive living, mm-hmm. the history that we walk on is crazy. Well, and we say Lone Star dinosaurs again very casually, but it is I'm not going. It's trademarked in the sense that there was a lot of work, like our mm-hmm. museum. And again, this goes back to the throwback part that I had mentioned earlier. This goes back to just the research that was done through our museum as well as Southern Methodist University and Mm -hmm. their paleontology staff. And so your lead, you know, at the helm is Dr. Lewis Jacobs. And of course, there's a book and I've got it in my hand right now with original artwork from Karen Carr. So a lot of that is if you remember the our museum back in like the 90s and early 2000s before the new building that Mm -hmm. we're currently in opened in 2009, you're going to remember some of this and... Again, it's we're pri- we're very steeped in it because our museum participated in the excavation side, mm-hmm. and then of mm-hmm. course was there from the get go, mm-hmm. designing the exhibit. And I don't know, you know, Lashawn, what you remember yeah. of of that time? I thought it was really cool because they did what we call a section called the Texas Road Trip. Oh, I love yes. And so it, it led you through different kind of like um, like oh, this is in Tarrant County, mm-hmm. and this is what you could what they had found, and or this is near Weatherford. I know kind of know where that is, so it was kind of like made it more real to you. Yeah, You're like wow, it really like you said, like, it really is in your backyard. Yeah, it is, and we so it debuted in what the nineties, mm-hmm. but then it went through. It kind of got renovated or redone because. The ones you're talking about, was that in the early 2000s or? It was probably around. 2005 is probably around that time Mm -hmm. because without dating myself Mm -hmm. in high school, I came here Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing that one. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, the museum closes. And when we reopen our dino labs, Mm -hmm. I mean, that has since changed then. But when we opened in 09, it had that look. Kind of the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's still kind of talked about the excavation process, just the field work process and the lab work process mm-hmm. and still highlighting certain dinosaurs. But I never knew. You, and you'll have to remind me, LaShawn, has Plexisaurus or Sauroposeidon or Pleurothelis, we're going through all these different <laughs> terms. Same has, has that always been up in some way? It, I believe it has. Um, I, I know because I don't really remember the so, '90s coming here as a kid. The, I don't know if I'm thinking about it. I don't know if Plexisaurus pleurocoelus sort of side. I don't know if that was out because I think they were still working on they it. They may have been. Um, they're you know trying to figure out how to assemble it because they had several pieces. I think of four skeletons mm. um, together, and then some of it was crushed. So they would take like scans of it and then try to reform the bones that weren't. Christine, and then that way they could assemble skeleton. Of course, they had a researchers tell them, hey, this is what we think it looks like. Now, what we have in our warehouse that are still in jackets, mm-hmm. is that Plexisaurus? It is. We also have something called Hobson Acrocanthosaurus, too. So we have an Acrocanthosaurus mm-hmm. that's not on display, but we have their bones. But we do have a model of what we think it looks like. And that's why, right usually comes to visit. I mean, yeah, when you visit the Omni The one that my boys yeah. have always called the T-Rex. And yes. I'm like, it's yeah. not a T-Rex. Yeah. No, not quite. <laughs> He's an Acrocanthosaurus. Yes. Different time period, but similar theropod. Yeah. Yes, very much. Theropod. Uh, Does it have Carnivore. two or three fingers? Mm. That's a big difference. Three. Three. Because I know that they, they're, they eventually evolved to only have two. 
I think they're able to like evolve mm -hmm. that way. It's easier to lose a digit than it is to gain one. I believe it's pretty sure, but again, I'm not a professional um, when it comes to well, everything I say is in layman's terms as far as just what I remember. <laughs> so. And then going back and looking at Jacobs's work. And then, of course, just going through our again, our archives and seeing what what we've done and really photographs. Mm -hmm. We've got some great photographs mm -hmm. when they were digging. Yeah. And what was cool also, I remember uh, they would invite teachers out. Mm -hmm. We also have the Dinosaur Institute. So they would actually wow. go and participate and work on uh, the process too. So, That's so cool. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I've, I've always kind of wanted to do mm -hmm. is um, I think you can, I know that there are some places where you can kind of go um, on a dinosaur dig with with obviously you'd be going with professionals who know what they're doing but like you go and you kind of help and learn a process of, of digging up a, a dinosaur cell mm -hmm. and like the whole process oh yeah well and it's really cool i think it's great and i can only imagine how cool it would be to be a teacher and be part of that professional oh, yeah. development as far as how you're just going to learn and then you're going to inspire students and you know coming off of this exhibit when i was doing some research again in our own was looking at how this was actually based. So our exhibit that was, you know, was created in house mm -hmm. was based off the Joneses dig site. And so that's where Plexisaurus was discovered, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, you know, we still have a lot of those photographs and that, that kind of led the inspiration for that mm -hmm. exhibit design. But, you know, we're talking 111 million years ago you're looking at 111, you know, and just looking at Texas and really, again, kind of doing a dive on notes as just understanding vertebrate paleontology. So step in, LaShawn, whenever you want to, because <laughs> there's different types of paleontology and paleobotany, mm -hmm. and we all kind of touch on that. And I, right. I think our collection really does. I mean, right, LaShawn, doesn't it? It does. And what's kind of cool is that you see that people will find the invertebrates. So the mm -hmm. ones that, you know, are like snails or oysters. That's yeah. what you find that's really common, which yeah. is really neat. People will bring them in and say, hey, I found this fossil. What is it? So it's kind of neat to see what is still out there locally. Well, and what I kind of like, well, and I agree with that, but that also kind of segues into just what the environment looked mm -hmm. like during this time, because we've already identified a few different species of dinosaurs. But, you know, what did Texas look like? Well, you know, I got my notes here. So you're thinking it's, and even if you remember Karen Carr's paintings, which I know not everyone does or who mm -hmm. would listen to this podcast, but there's a lot of greenery. And that's actually the case because you still have, it's like a flat, muddy coastal plain. Mm -hmm. This is how Texas is, but you've got mm -hmm. tidal flats, you've got conifer forest, and, but you still, I mean, there are fossilized, what are they, cycads? You've got different trees. You've got just a lot of vegetation that's mm -hmm. going on that's a that was around over a hundred plus million years ago yeah. and so you know when I think of the Lone Star Dinosaurs and its origins and just the book itself that complements it you you see a lot of that greenery and vegetation and mm -hmm. you see trees and then that also I mean Plexisaurus has to eat something yep you know that long neck has to go somewhere. I'm sure they ate They're a eating lot something. Of it. So it had to be plentiful. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, you really just can kind of imagine what Texas would have looked like 
And then from there, you just, mm-hmm. again, your imagination can just kind of take you, but it was, there was, there was some vegetation. And again, from that, that, that paleobotany is able to really just also help date Absolutely. dinosaurs mm-hmm. and things like that. But that's what I remember from Lone Star Dinosaurs. And then, you know, whenever I see some of the science collection, I'm like, Ooh, what's that? What fossil is that? <laughs> What were some of the earlier memories that you have of just dinosaurs in general, Miss Sean's body bear? At the, for the museum, uh, it was, um, your shirt reminded me. Oh, yeah. Of our exhibit Jurassic Park. Yeah, you and can't that's, see it. <laughs> that's what um, was on view when I started working here. And it was so large that we had it in a tent outside yes, I the museum. This. Wow. And it was um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, items from the, the museum, I mean, from the movie Jurassic Park. So we had. Tons of volunteers that were so interested in dinosaurs and they would help uh, talk about the pieces in there. And so it was a really big draw. Oh, oh, I bet. Oh, I was one of the the spotted bear. (laughs) It was great. Totally going to date myself. I was about five or six years old and it was vividly Mm -hmm. one of the first Mm -hmm. memories of going to a museum because like a lot of children Mm -hmm. love dinosaurs. And yes, I'm sporting a Jurassic Park t-shirt, you know, got to get into the the theme here into the zone. even though we're not talking about the Jurassic <laughs> period at all none of these dinosaurs were in the Jurassic period however I'm nonetheless wearing the shirt but I do I remember going to that and it was an attempt because it was large and so my memory looking at that because I remember that I'm thinking mm-hmm. I go how is that in the museum oh wait no yeah because it was so large but <laughs> there's a lot of people when I went I oh, just I ate it up and then makes you wonder I'm like I have watched Jurassic Park at that young age or I did I mean I did but I didn't think it, I didn't think it was bad. Clearly I was not traumatized at all by that movie. And you are still a big dinosaur. Yep. And I came to work at this museum. And so at some point it, I felt like for my memory, it kind of came full circle, but I do, I remember that. And I've actually, I've had a chance to talk to some volunteers who they no longer volunteer with us, but were there. And I go, the odds of, me maybe running into you at my, <laughs> when I was five or six could have been high. Yeah. <laughs> so I've definitely have been a visitor here during our various dinosaur exhibits. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like they've been very popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember during, I guess it was the year before I was in geology class and at college and our geology professor had us read Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. So oh, yeah. it was really a lot more graphic, but uh, <laughs> no, it was really good. And then it was neat to see the exhibit, like what their interpretation was mm-hmm. for the movie and the prompts. So that was kind of fun to see. Like, I just, I just read about that. That's really cool. <laughs> well, how does it work? So not necessarily looking at the Jurassic Park movie, that franchise, because I know that that mm-hmm. one was a little bit different, but just coming back to our collection, how, and I actually legitimately don't know, how long does it take whenever they were working on cast or when they were trying to create these things? I mean, what is the, what is the scope? Because like you said, if you don't have a complete skeleton mm-hmm. of a dinosaur, you're either going to pull from, you know, you're making educated guesses and yeah. this is where a paleontologist comes in, mm-hmm. but you know, they're crafting what you would think to be, to make a full dinosaur, at mm-hmm. least fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. And so I always wondered about that process or what do you remember when, through the different modes of how you've gone to I just remember them. it just took a very long time. It's got you've got to, to add um, equipment. 
Mm -hmm. it out. And then sometimes you'd run into really Mm -hmm. hard matrix like sandstone. Sure. And then uh, after you get it uh, kind of freed up from the soil, then you'd have to wrap it because you couldn't really do studies uh, more accurate, I guess. And so then you have to haul whatever you found and something big enough to haul it. Those things are not light either. (laughs) And then you've got to have enough um, dedicated staff or staff time to do mm-hmm. it. So I know it's a very slow process, even though these things are really like, you know, hard, hard stone, but they're very delicate at the yeah. same time. And then they're kind of, uh, you imagine something just falling into the soil and just kind of covered up. And then maybe, you know, there was erosion happening. So the, like all the pieces aren't assembled perfectly. So mm-hmm. you got to find out or go downstream from the you know creek bed and find, find all parts you can. And then slowly take those out and then try to figure out, does this part really belong to this dinosaur and what part is this? And, you know, so it takes a long, long time. To even like, and then once you get that lab work done, mm-hmm. then crafting mm-hmm. a dinosaur skeleton, just like the fighting dinosaurs, mm-hmm. yeah. just wondering just how you even build mm-hmm. something like that with historical accuracy or is Again, yeah, educated yeah. guess. You kind yeah. of compare to what is living today. Lizards, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, is it this way or this way? And as you get more steady under your belt, you know, you're like, oh, wait, his nostrils are really, you know, really facing up like a alligator. You yeah. Know? So it's kind of, it's kind of neat because they're always, I love it because they're always doing research or I say always, but there's always new things to find out mm-hmm. of what they've uncovered. So. Like you mentioned with the Pleurocelis plexisaurus mm. or Sauroposcites. Yeah, the names. Yeah, because they thought it was one thing and then they did more research. And you're like, no, this, I think it's a whole new species. And now they're like, well, maybe it's Sauroposcites. Maybe it's really this one big thing. So they're still, they're still trying to figure out exactly, you know, how it relates to other, wow. other species or if it's something new. But so far... I still call it plexisaurus genzai. I know, I still call it plexisaurus genzai. Because I don't think, I don't think anyone has, um, I don't think it's been, what do you call it, like vetted through the mm-hmm. professional I think community. It's still, it's, it's still an idea mm-hmm. to see, so. Well, and it was the name itself as far as just this, our state, our government mm-hmm. signed off on it as being the state dinosaur, mm-hmm. that it was going to be plexisaurus jonesi. Although I think I think I saw on the website with uh, Dinosaur Valley State mm. Park that they're calling it Sauroposcites. Yes, I'm I've like, I hear them call it Sauroposcites, mm-hmm. and I mean that's fine too. I'm yeah. just so used yeah. to Plexisaurus, yeah. mm-hmm. but I have heard that as well. And I think we'll they call out. it Plexisaurus because it was found in that yes, region. Yes, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. Well, what other dinosaurs? do we have that are local? Because I know we've talked about Acrocanthosaurus. Yep. And so we've got, that's our, what our apex predator during this time. And we've got Plexisaurus or Sauroposcites, which is, <laughs> you know, a sauropod. Plexisaurus. Plexisaurus. <laughs> not that we, you know, not we have favorites at all. Not gonna lie. But that's what I learned it as when I was, when I do outreach with it. Okay. And so the Sauroposcites is the part that I always forget <laughs> because I'm so used to calling it Plexisaurus. Sure. But yeah. I don't think you'll get any flack here, but I understand. Well, I'm but sure there's somebody who's going to give me flack um, one day, especially a kid. <laughs> there's there's always a kid who knows way more than I do when you go out and do programming. There's always that one kid who's super into, especially dinosaurs, mm-hmm. dinosaurs in space, because they will oh, yeah. they will tell you when you are mm-hmm. wrong, and they are not shy. I've been there. 
And I'm like, awesome. You tell me, dude, because you probably honestly know more than I do. <laughs> well, what other dinosaurs are in this area? Well, uh, we also have Tyrannosaurus docile, oh, yeah. which I think is a really fascinating story because it was found by a very young child. He was seven years old and they were just kind of walking through the creek bed and he told his dad, I think I found some dinosaurs, you know, or dinosaur oh, cool. And sure enough, they brought it up to the museum and my former boss, Jim, I got to take a look at it. He's like, hey, let's take this over to SMU. So it was so neat that, you know, someone so young yeah. could, could find something like that. Um, I have another one, I think, is also found by a young, a young person, too. Was that the Papasaurus? Yes. Well, there's, I thought there was someone that was like 12 years old. And we, we've had some kids. Yeah. Discover things. Check it out. What about Hadrosaur? The Hadrosaur? I know Papasaur, but that's only because Papasaurus, just because it's in our collection and it has a I very... I also <laughs> think of him as the grandpa. Oh, yeah, it is the Nodosaur. Oh, the Nodosaur? Oh, mm-hmm, that was found by a 12-year-old in North Fort Worth. Um, and I... Kind of reminds me of the Papasaurus mm-hmm. a little bit, and that was found actually by one of the guys I know. Um, he used to work at the zoo, and he was out um, walking around because <laughs> <laughs> they were building. Um, I think they were breaking ground for apartments or some kind of business. It's so funny. I always mm-hmm. hear it, it sometimes like that. That's always how they yeah find them. How you find things? I didn't there was uh, when they were breaking ground at Grapevine Mills? I think they even found something over there. I think Arlington, there was some mm-hmm. kind of mm. near a, an empty lot and they were digging up stuff. And mm-hmm. So everyone likes to stop and check out whenever. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> road cuts or new construction. Are there dinosaur bones? Can I find them? <laughs> it's not. I mean, I guess just the sedimentary rock and what's here as far as just the geological mm-hmm. history well, of this area. Of come from the same time period. They do. Mm-hmm. So the atmosphere at that time would have been really good at like making conditions that would mm-hmm. provide for fossilization. Yep. Yeah. Now was the Tenontosaurus was it was that species is that was that a brand new like discovered species? That's also here? a new one. Too. That that one mm-hmm. that was discovered here in this area. Mm-hmm. That one, the Plexisaurus, um the Protohadrus birdi. Okay. That's the duckbill uh, skull. Mm-hmm. That's a new species. I didn't quite get the name right in Hadrosaur. It's Protohadrus. Protohadrus. And, those and were- also the Pompasaurus, the one that was found found up mm-hmm. north of us. So, yeah. You do. Yeah, we have a lot of new. We do. There's a nice range that came from this area mm-hmm. that I just think people just either maybe forgot or haven't realized mm-hmm. that there's again more steeped in dinosaurs around here yeah this part of texas and of course you know like you said dinosaur valley lashon and so there's there have been dinosaurs all found during this cretaceous period we've got a lot of food and water it makes our state extra special <laughs> i like tenontosaurus uh, i remember reading on some of the information on the tenontosaurus that the reason that he's called that is because the tendons even fossilized in his tail because they were so, um, I don't know if it was big, strong, whatever, but his tendon, their tendons in their tail are so like substantial that they even fossilized. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. You have to hold it up. Yeah. Like a counterbalance. Hold the jail. Yeah. And you can see them. Oh, you can yeah. see them on when, yeah, you, we have a, when you come to the museum. That's right. You can. We have mm-hmm. a display that has a Tyrannosaurus and you can you see the tendons. You and get close. really cool. Now, what about the the fighting dinosaurs or the dueling dinosaurs? Though that is a Amptosaurus mm-hmm. and an Allosaurus. An Allosaurus. Mm-hmm. Are those they, native? They are. Well, I don't believe they are found in Texas. I, they mm. may not be. I, I don't was, think Allosaurus are found here. For I don't. Sure. No. Um, Amptosaurus. I'm not sure. So th- that one's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to and those are from the Jurassic. Those whereas everybody from else is from the Cretaceous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes them, well then that makes them and those a little are, bit special. The Camptosaurus and Allosaurus are casts. And I think they were one of maybe one of the first dinosaur type of exhibits that we had. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so it's been here for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I didn't know that either. I remember seeing them, but mm-hmm. as far as just I knew yeah, I knew about the Camptosaurus. But. Now, I have a question. Our mm-hmm. big Epilepsiosaurus display that we have at the beginning, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the, museum, the front of the museum, <laughs> the the atrium, um, did that, was that put in when we opened the new building or was that something that happened later on? Or do you know? Because I, I may not be asking the right people. Well, let's see. Plexisaurus was in was this building. In the- it was in Dino Labs because I remember exhibit. that, mm-hmm. and then it moved to the atrium. Mm-hmm. But back in the 2005, mm-hmm. Lone Star Dinosaurs was part of Plexisaurus featured for I some th- of those bones. It may have been. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Maybe not fully. Mm-hmm. You know, not a full scale, mm-hmm. but right, not the full scale. Yeah, because I can't. I couldn't imagine skeleton. these full skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least the current dino law. I couldn't imagine him fitting there. I don't. Um, I think the ceilings would have been high enough in the old building. I, no. I, and I just say mm-hmm. the old building, anything that, you know, predates. Pre- predates what, what is here now. Whenever we closed, what, 2007, <laughs> 2006 mm-hmm. was, was that. But I remember that being, that exhibit being one of the last ones mm-hmm. that I, that I saw before the building closed for renovation. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know if the Pelopsisaurus is a girl or a boy? I'm I'm totally deferring to LaShawn Spotted Bear at this I have point. No idea. So I know how to tell, and I I've never taken the time to look. So now I want to because we've been talking about it so long now for this podcast episode. But um, so to tell is to look at the chevrons hanging off the bottom of their tail, at the back of their tail, mm. right where their back legs meet. Mm. Because if they're missing some, they'll be a female because they'll have laid an egg there. If they were an egg laid, mm. egg bearing dinosaur. If mm-hmm. there are chevrons all the way up to the back of their tail then there's not a space there for an egg to come. And so, like, that's one of the ways that they're able to gender, um, biologically gender a dinosaur as uh, female or male, whether it could lay eggs or not, was by looking at the chevrons. Um, and we used to talk about that all the time. When the previous museum worked out, we'd, we'd take school tours, we'd take them through, and we'd talk about, we had a T-Rex and Triceratops cast that was, like, oh, cool. your, like the fighting dinosaurs here that, yeah. that, were, that were fighting. Um, and we were able to tell them our T-Rex is the girl and our Triceratops is actually the boy. Because they always want to, they always want the sure. Triceratops to be the girl. And the <laughs> but no, no. Um, but I actually learned that through through giving tours. And so I, I need to take the time to go look and see. But um, I mean, you guys know. Because, yeah, if you look at the skeleton, you can tell. 
So you were at... Uh, so I was at the Texas Tech Museum, the Museum of Texas Tech University. Mm-hmm. And did they have a paleontology department there? Too? We did. Cool. Yes. So we did. And they still do um, currently. And it's an active one. They go out every summer and do active digs. They do that. And they also have a sister site, which is the Lubbock Lake Landmark, mm-hmm. who has a um, an active dig as well. That they, they, they dig and they have a matrix room and they do their own matrix work on Lubbock uh, site. Um, and I've worked with all the people <laughs> or when I was there was working between the two all the time. Um, but yeah. So what kind of species do they find there in the oh, Lubbock, um, Lubbock landmark? See. We have a, a technosaurus, which is named after Texas Tech. <laughs> There's postosuchus that they found in post. And those are the two that I really, really remember. Mm-hmm. But, um, and we had a, Great depiction of a Deinonychus, but Deinonychus did. I don't think it seems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a Texas dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Um, but I did learn while I was there that Deinonychus is actually what raptors in Jurassic Park, the movie, were supposed to be. Um, but they called them raptors because you could say raptor and they were worried people couldn't say Deinonychus. That, mm-hmm. um, but raptors are actually smaller. They're more of a size of a turkey than um, like velociraptors are more of a size of a turkey, whereas Deinonychus is what is actually in Look at you with some tr- yeah, movie look trivia. Look at that. Look, brought it back to I know you did. Well, Dionychus <laughs> is not an easy term. No. Like, it's, it's not Although an easy name. Although you can find kids who can say it. So yes, I'm like, can. You could probably, you would have probably mm-hmm. been fine, but. Yeah. You're fine. So Lee, I know mm. you talked a little bit about dinosaurs here, but mm. did you, did you work at Dinosaur Valley I volunteered. Park? That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yes. And just for, just for a little bit, but I definitely was able to brush up on the dinosaurs of the area and just really just enjoy working with the public. Mm-hmm. I don't interact with the public as much as I'd like to nowadays, just because, you know, the warehouse and we're offsite, we're doing things, but mm-hmm. it was nice. And, you know, just be, I enjoy being outside and yeah. really looking at tracks mm-hmm. because that's really. So have they found skeletons in the dinosaur park as of yet? As of yet. Are I, they looking no. still? Maybe. I'm sure they can't. I'm sure that there are areas of that state park or at least what I was told mm-hmm. was things that, you know, are not the public can't enter or mm-hmm. if yeah. there's research going on, it's a little bit more hush hush and well, it's restricted areas. Yeah. So can imagine if there are tracks and that they're looking for the things that made the tracks. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I would say possibly. the jury is still out. Maybe yeah. if they ever find it, I think they've, they've yet to find mm-hmm. bones there. But the tracks really are just a, a great representation of of just what was in the area. And you see it. And I know there's there's differing interpretations of this because you do have some of the famous tracks mm-hmm. where you've got a sauropod and then there's a theropod. And, you know, you're trying to come up with just a storyline. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the iguanodon is featured there and then ornithomimus and i'm probably not pronouncing that one right that one's a little bit more bird-like and mm. so the the tracks are a little bit yeah. different and being able to see those you know as you just follow the riverbed of course you know if the the river's up and the water you, right they're still there they're just hard to see but you know when i was volunteering down there there was there was some hot hot times where it was completely <laughs> dried up oh, and you I- could just Hike that the riverbed <laughs> all the way around and just see these tracks and that's really cool. You know, I don't think I've I've been in the area. I've been to Glen Rose area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've gotten inside. You should 
We need to. Let's we, all go field trip. <laughs> we went to, there was like a little museum that's right next to it that we went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. <laughs> um, but the kids would have, they would have been. I like museums, so I don't care what kind of it is. Sure, Usually we'll just go. Yeah. Um, but yes, we were going to go and then it was late and we had to get back uh-huh. to home. <laughs> Which I is think, a good, I think, what, two hours away? Hour and a half, maybe? Glen Rose? How fast do you drive? Yeah, yeah, that's really the question. <laughs> I don't know that I want to say. <laughs> I live record. down south, so I'm right down the road from, from it. I live in Johnson County, and, and Somerville County is where the st- that state park mm-hmm. is. But, I mean, it's, it's a great have, way. We always have. They and, have, like, a small interpretive center. And I think some do. of the parts that we yeah. have for Lone Star Dinosaurs, I think they might be right We're down there because we had a tour after mm-hmm. we had the exhibit here we had the tour a small tour of lone star dinosaurs and i mm-hmm. know they went to various libraries oh that's cool so i think yeah. some of the components now are at amster valley state Park. I believe it. no i have every intention of probably they've got some good hiking trails mm-hmm. there you know you can you can spend it it's a nice day trip and then of course looking at the tracks which is what everyone wants to see but you know getting tours and being able to hike into that into that riverbed I just I liked it and I learned a mm-hmm. lot and, mm-hmm. and then I came back to work here at the museum and I go I know a little bit <laughs> I mean I can kind of talk yeah. about it a little bit <laughs> not a paleontologist but I, I I can I can at least kind of carry my own should I know all the ask. like random fun facts because you give when you when you just take the kids that that's what you have to learn we I loved used to we take out copper light for them mm-hmm. and it was my favorite because you get it, you'd be like, hey, can you, you touch it? And we had what we called fossil trash is what we called it because it was all the things that they found excessive amounts of or it was broken chips that they couldn't use mm-hmm. or identify or anything. And we would give that out on our like dino days. But my favorite was giving tours and giving the kids different pieces of copper light so that they can, oh, smell it. What does it smell like? What does it feel like? No, you don't, don't, don't put it in your mouth because, you know, hygiene. You don't want that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So we would always do that, and then we tell them what it was. Like, oh, gross! We dinosaur poop. <laughs> so, and then you'd always have half the kids who were really super into it, and the other half who were like, "I don't want to touch this." <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> I always like the they, when they would find gastroliths. Like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, you got to tell them. I, I mean, I know stomach. what a gastrolith. Yeah. What's a gastrolith, yeah. Lashawn? It's to help uh, with digestion. Oh, I love gastrolith. Yeah, it's smooth. And- so birds do it too, and some reptiles still do it, where they swallow a stone mm-hmm. and it helps to digest because their stomach doesn't digest whatever they eat properly and it helps to break down their food and digest it properly. I love them. I think they're great. Um, I know about them other than what we have here because mm-hmm. we had a giant uh, sauropod that we had and it had a gastrolith when they found the skeleton yep. mm-hmm. in its stomach and it, it usually that's how they know. Mm-hmm. Cool. I just know random things like that. Just random ones. Like they don't like <laughs> don't know how useful they are in real life, but actually for me, they're actually pretty useful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice trivia. It comes in yeah. handy when you work in a museum with dinosaurs. Yeah, that's true. So a little bit. <laughs> well, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we closed out this episode? Well, let me see. What do you think, LaShawn? I feel like we've touched based on on the ones in the area and let people know, hey, there think of these. Stop by and look at all the you should be on your radar. <laughs> yes, please come to the museum. So 
can look Let's and see. try to decide if if Fluxisaurus is a girl or a boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that's a good question to pose. Like, please come by because we've talked about Pluxisaurus. We've mm-hmm. talked about Tenontosaurus. Mm-hmm. We don't. I should go look at all the dinosaurs and just. Yeah, we've got a Camptosaurus and Allosaurus. The Acrocanthosaurus is in our warehouse. Mm-hmm. Our part, they can go see the model. They can go see, see the, the model, model that's what outside. What is the one that is on the side by like the Omni? That is a Tenontosaurus. So Tenontosaurus, that's mm-hmm. our, that's our. What, uh, it's what just a model. A model. What and we then think we have, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, what we, we think. Yeah. Really and then we have the uh, skeleton cast. Is that one a cast here? The skeleton of the Tenontosaurus? Partial? Mm-hmm. Or is I think it, it is partial. Partial. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, our warehouse, not, you know, we've got, LaShawn has all kinds of fun fossils. Mm-hmm. I just casually. We have a ton of ammonites. We have so many. Lots of ammonites. Of course. This area is like a hotbed for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so many. People put them in your yard. They do. They're cool. I've they seen are. it in a bathroom before. Uh, if you go to, which this is kind of off topic, but if you go to the log cabin village mm-hmm. and you go to where they wax candle making it, mm-hmm. um, they have an ammonite in the fireplace. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh. In one of the, the first, like one of the first cabins you go for where the wax making is, they have a fire, they have an ammonite there. It was the first time we'd gone, and so I was like, "Oh, look, they have ammonites." <laughs> they were finding them even then. Ammonites Obviously, they fun. were younger. Well, and you, I've <laughs> yet to find one of my own. I mean, you can purchase them. I've seen them at. I've seen yes. them in our collection, but I've yet finding them. I've yet to that. find one. Maybe one day, yeah. to stumble upon, find something, just walking, like some of these kids have. But you should have a lot if you live near Dinosaur Valley. Like I know you would think of- I haven't found anything. Cool. Clearly, I'm not looking hard enough. <laughs> oh, no. I still find I've some. Heard stories. You look for a lot of different things. I do area. look for, you never know when you might find an arrowhead mm-hmm. or fossilized coral. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll That's see cool, that. Yeah. You, can, you can see mm-hmm. that at Dinosaur Valley as well. And once you, once you see it on some of those hiking trails, you can't not see it. Right. Because you're like, yeah. I know what that is. It's fossilized <laughs> coral. Mm. Again, just kind of just that marine life, that aquatic life that that was here. An area that is now so hot and dry. It's now so hot and dry. <laughs> it can be. Mm-hmm. But no, I I was I was very excited to at least talk and get to talk to LaShawn and Bethany about just the museum's collection and our dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And just I think it's something that we should be proud of. And people should when they come and they listen to this podcast, yeah. you know, maybe things have been put on their radar and that they can be like, oh, oh look for it. Do this, or you know, I know what the state dinosaur is, or just encourage people to kind of get outside and go It'd visit. Be a fun things. thing too is to look up which states actually have dinosaurs. There's only there's only a handful. Mm-hmm. There really is. I know Colorado's one. I think Wyoming, I think New York be. has one, but it's a small, small, small. And I don't know that it's technically a dinosaur. I think it's more of a um, a gastro a gastro. I mean, a snail. snail. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a thing. But I just, that's kind of. be more related to like. Oh, no, see, now you're getting out of my jurisdiction. Like, anyway, oh, it's not in the I state? Don't, I oh, don't. Okay. Well, but I, I think we were looking up because we were talking, education team was talking about <laughs> sure. it the other day. And we're like, hey, that's what y'all do. States have dinosaurs. Not all of them. There's some trivia right there. Well, we celebrate dinosaurs in the summer here mm-hmm. at the museum. Yes, we do mm-hmm. Dino Day. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes, and it's the first Saturday um, of. June usually. Mm-hmm. Well, and our mascot Dynamo is technically it's a Pluxysaurus. Yep. And 
I mean, we we're we're here that we're we're always going to be around dinosaurs. I feel like LaShawn will always have questions and people will always be interested. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine what people have brought to you because I've even forwarded some emails of people thinking, like, is this a dinosaur bone? Like, can you can you verify this? Yeah. And I love to see what people have found, you know, because it makes me learn more about what's around here, too. Mm -hmm. And identify. And I know it's not easy. But people get excited, and so they, they do. do. They yeah. they send requests to our museum, yeah. and I and just, I'm not a paleontologist or a geologist either, but I can definitely compare some things oh, to the yeah. collection. And if I can't, then we'll well, that's why we have other yeah. professionals yeah. in the community. And we, sure, yeah, we we, we, we like s- community partners. We yes. do. Yeah. We send them to them. We learn. I learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but yeah, because you've worked with have you've met. Dr. Jacobs mm-hmm. and Dr. Dr. Dale Winkler. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to meet those two gentlemen. So I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, one day, but they're, they've done a lot of research in this area mm-hmm. and LaShawn still gets to hear from them every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. We, we work with our people at TCU and mm-hmm. UTA mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. colleagues at other museums. So it's nice to have a yeah. little, networking or group just to call and say, hey, what is this? I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me and and doing an episode on dinosaurs. I think this one's going to be great. I think everyone's going to like this. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do some too of like where we focus on one. We could do that. Deep dive. There we go. Who knows? I like that. There's always Mm -hmm. options. People are asking for it or if there's general interest. Yep. Well, thank you so much. And we hope you have a great day and come visit us and look at our dinosaurs in our um, dino lab exhibit. Yes. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.